Hello and welcome to the Royal Central podcast from royalcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, news editor. I am Monique Blocks, the assistant editor. And I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. And on this podcast, I think it's fairly obvious what we'll be talking about. It's an issue that has affected millions of lives around the globe, COVID-19, and of course, it's affected royal lives as well. So if we start off by looking... um, at two really big news stories from the last few days. We found out um, just a few days ago that the Sovereign Prince of Monaco, Albert II, is positive for coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. then within 48 hours, it was also announced that the Prince of Wales, the longest serving heir in British history, is also positive COVID-19. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, by the time Charles's diagnosis came through, it wasn't as much as a surprise. And um, Albert's obviously the first monarch to be diagnosed with coronavirus it it kind of pricked your ears up a bit didn't it by the time charles's diagnosis came around it didn't feel quite so surprising Mm, i think it was just a matter of time before it started to spread in royal circles and now it has Mm -hmm. yeah and as bad as bad as it was to say when i saw the um the alert on my phone that morning my my heart stopped because I thought something worse had happened because of Corona. I didn't, yeah. it didn't click with me that he had just been diagnosed, you know, been positive. Um, Cause I mean, this, there's so much we don't know with, with the disease. Um, and yeah. like, like you said, it, it was inev- inevitable. It was going to hit the Royal circles. Um, and, I, you know, just, just Albert and Charles, that's probably not going to be the only two if we're no. really looking at it. There's, mm-hmm. there'll be some, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be in the UK, Monaco or wherever, but the chances are the way it's spreading across the globe that somebody else that's Royal may, may get diagnosed. Yeah. And of course we have a huge group of, of elderly Royals as well. So that's quite worrying. And I, I know some people were uh, concerned that Charles and Camilla had been tested because they apparently met the requirements and people were like, well, why hasn't the NHS workers uh, have free access to a test? Because we know, we simply don't know. They could both have underlying illnesses. They're both in their 70s. I think it's quite plausible to think that they both have an illness that we just don't know about. Yeah, that did lead to some debate here. And I think it was um, Scotland's chief medical officer when she was talking, she said she wouldn't go into details, but both the people who had been tested met the criteria. And one of the criteria is if there's concern over underlying health conditions, which of course Mm -hmm. then opened up a whole new debate around Charles and Camilla with people asking, well, if they have underlying health conditions, why haven't we been told about that? So it kind of raised a whole raft of questions. I think the big question that everyone asked as soon as Charles's diagnosis came through was, is the Queen okay? The Queen's approaching her 94th birthday. We know they were last together um, on March the 11th, so people are saying that's probably long enough. Charles's mild symptoms were diagnosed around the 25th, 26th of March, so people are kind of taking two weeks away and saying, well, he can't have been with his mum at the time any time he was potentially contagious. But as you were saying, Monique, obviously we know COVID affects elderly people in a much more serious manner. And that was a concern. I mean, Charles himself falls into that elderly age group. He's 71, 72, but it it was the Queen's health that really sharpened people's minds once that announcement came through. 
Yeah, and of course Philip as well then. Yes. Yeah. Um, because we he's know not been well at all. No, and we know he's been living for the last few months at Wood Farm and Sandringham. So his contact with the rest of his family has been limited. We don't know how often people are able to pop up and see him. We know Charles was incredibly busy. There's an article actually on the site um, about what Charles has been up to since the beginning of March, and he packed in dozens of engagements. So you kind of think, to a certain extent, from Philip's point of view, that's positive because Charles was so busy, popping mm-hmm. up to Wood Farm would probably be quite, quite tricky. This is where the focus is turning now, isn't it? Now we know that both Charles and Albert have been diagnosed, whether that has allowed coronavirus to spread through their immediate families. Mm-hmm. And with Charles being diagnosed, the, the scare, like you said, was for the Queen's health. But just a few days later, the Prime Minister of Great Britain was announced that he was also positive for the coronavirus and everyone was doing the math there trying to figure out when he was last in an audience with the queen so she's had two two close calls yeah close calls and that'll make anybody anybody nervous especially considering her age um so let, let let's hope there's no no other close calls well, we know now that she's in isolation. Well, not isolation. She's gone to Windsor Castle. So the Easter yeah. Court was due to start at Windsor Castle. She went a week early and she'll yeah. stay at Windsor for the foreseeable future, presumably until the kind of the lockdown that's now in place in the UK is over and people are mixing and mingling a bit more freely. And of course, with Corona, none of us knows when that will be in our own countries, wherever we are. It's a really difficult time for everybody. Yeah. Um, so the Queen's in Windsor, which is a big old castle so she's probably got enough space <laughs> to find a little, yeah. little corner where no one can come near her and she will be very well looked after we yeah. know that some of europe's other royals are also in isolation so king howard and queen sonia had to go into self-isolation didn't they because they went and did this can you believe it, it was the beginning of march they did their state visit to jordan it mm. seemed like years ago yeah, yeah. covering ordinary raw stories like state visits <laughs> they got back and by the time they got back the norwegian government said if you've left the country after February the 27th, he must go into self-isolation. They've done that, but they're staying quarantined, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're both over over 80 years old, so it makes complete sense that they stay in, I believe it's the Royal Lodge outside of Oslo, um, f- for their own health. Obviously, with um, Crown Princess Met Marit, um, their, their daughter-in-law, with her... Um, pulmonary fibrosis diagnosis she definitely has to be isolated and stay away because she's in a high risk group there mm-hmm. um, and we've seen crown prince hawk on taking on a lot of mm. a lot of duties lately which we've had articles about that on our on our site as well yeah so we've seen royal life right across europe change so we know in norway as you said three of the main members of the royal family are in isolation and will be For the foreseeable future, we know the King and Queen of Sweden are staying outside of Stockholm at the moment, aren't they? They've been doing video conference calls and we've seen Crown Princess Victoria out and about with her husband. Denmark, Queen Margaret made a speech a little while ago and obviously she's now taking care of herself because she will be 80 in a few weeks' time. In April, not very far away at all. Um, And as you said, Monique, Europe's ruling classes are older everyone's living longer health is generally better um so it will raise concerns in quite a few families Mm. 
yeah, and I think we're here in the Netherlands, we're, we're lucky to have a younger king and queen, but of course we have a former queen Beatrix who is still uh, around. She She's not in particularly bad health, but she's 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 older, so I'm guessing she's staying away and Willem-Alexander and Maxima have been making the occasional visits to hospitals and such, but mostly it's just video conference calls as the rest are doing right now. And uh, of course, uh, Willem-Alexander held the uh, speech. We'll see what happens in the future. King's Day has been cancelled. The uh, National Remembrance uh, has been scaled down. Um, that usually takes place in Amsterdam on Dam Square with lots and lots of people. So that's not happening again this year. Um, there will be a remembrance, of course, but without the public. And uh, Liberation Day, the following day, is also a huge event. And I'm, I don't believe that's been officially announced, but I'm expecting that that will also not go on as planned. And that's a shame, really, because we had the 75th uh, anniversary this year of the liberation. So that's uh, too bad, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of events, isn't there, right across yeah. Europe that are being cancelled because of concerns over corona, because they involve lots of people getting together. And at the moment, we're being told to stay away from each other. Social distancing yeah. is in place absolutely everywhere. So in the UK, it was just announced Trooping the Colour will be scaled yeah. back. There will be a version of something to mark the yeah. birthday in June. We don't, don't know that. <laughs> um, but we know that Royal Ascot will probably follow suit. That's in the middle of June. Order of the Garter, where you get big crowds at Windsor. That's not going to happen either. We won't expect to see the Queen attending service on Easter Day because at the moment the Church of England, like the Catholic Church here in the UK, isn't holding public services. So mm. all of those kind of moments in royal life that we're used to seeing have like life everywhere been altered by coronavirus yeah it's something that we really couldn't have imagined even just two two months ago when we were talking about what we thought 2020 would hold for the royals and the events to look forward to never in our wildest dreams did we see see ourselves see the world in this this situation no. It's so unexpected, isn't it? And so shocking for all of us. I think everyone's still coming to terms with it, really. And life changes on a day-to-day basis. And none of us really know what's just around the corner. But it has brought out, as has as been said many times, some lovely aspects of human nature. And it has seen a rise in kindness. Maybe we were all kind. We just forgot how to show it. But it's yeah. been much more apparent, hasn't it? And we saw that this week with the royal family here in the UK, encouraging everyone on their social media to go out and clap for the carers. Yeah. And then we, we got some special videos released at eight o'clock. We all did that on Thursday. Um, we all went and clapped for the carers at eight o'clock. And it was an amazing thing to be involved in, quite emotional, actually. I think everyone said that standing there. I opened the door, I had my son with me and I thought, I said to him, come on, come out and ring your bell and we'll clap. And I didn't know if anyone in my street would be doing it. And we opened the door and already you could just hear this noise thundering all around it was just wonderful and the Royal family joined in with that too yeah yeah we had a similar thing here about a week ago and there was uh, king william alexander and their uh, family and his family they also released a video and they were like clapping put some pants together as well it's uh, really nice <laughs> so it is a way of showing solidarity and it's something that i think all the royal families will find facing them 
over the coming weeks and months. So we'll keep everyone up to date with the latest developments on royalcentral.co.uk. But as we're all spending a little bit more time indoors because of the social distancing and doing as we're told and staying in and trying to curb the spread of the virus, we thought we might have a quick look now, didn't we, at some of the the kind of royal and history-related things that we have on our site that if you if you find yourself spending more time on the internet looking for something to read, we've got lots on offer, haven't we? Including our bookshelf, which we are ramming full of royal reads right now. Yes, we're um, adding different reviews for books on the site. We've added different interviews with authors. Um, we just had one with Catherine McGee, who's the author of American Royals, which tells us uh, it's an alternate reality for people here in the United States where we don't have a president. We have a royal family, the Washingtons. It's a, it's a very good read. I read it. I enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the to the sequel coming out this fall. Um, so we, we've got that and we've got other things like that. And we've and also that- shared on social media our recommendations i know monique has shared several of hers and she has a book out of her own yeah yeah i do i have a uh, last year i released my first book carolina of orange nassau and my second book is coming at the end of this year which will be about the kaiser's second wife whom he married while in exile so go ahead and take a look at that and maybe pre-order it or something <laughs> <laughs> Exiled Empress, and of course, an exiled I Empress. Yeah, <laughs> I think it sounds far more glamorous than it probably was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it probably wasn't quite as exciting at that moment. <laughs> I've been to the palaces in Berlin and Potsdam, and the uh, little mansion they ended up in uh, here is basically a little large compared to the palaces in Berlin and Potsdam. So he was probably a little bit disappointed, but it was still a mansion nonetheless. But all of that will be in your new book out at the end it will, of the year. Yeah. And we've also got a series running at the moment on rawcentral.co.uk about last consorts, which yeah. Hermina might fall into because we're looking at the, the last, mostly women, isn't it? But there will be a couple of men, the last people to hold the role of consort before monarchies yeah. disappeared. And they've been, they're pretty fascinating, actually. What, one thing that comes through when, you, when you're either writing them or reading them is that actually a lot of them were real fighters. We tend to kind of, mm. when you just glance at royal history, you see, you know, royal women in beautiful outfits or the royal men in their military uniforms. And it's just a name, isn't it? And you kind mm. of think they just led this very stuffy life. But actually, when you read about, you know, there's one on there about Mary Jose, the last queen of Italy, and we've looked at the last queen of Albania. But these are people that were fighting to keep their monarchies mm. alive. And yep. so they ended up with really quite, not just interesting, quite dangerous lives in many respects. Yeah, yeah. I, I especially love the um, story of uh, uh, Marie-Sophie. She was born in Bavaria, was a sister of... Um, uh, the famous Empress Elizabeth, of course, and uh, she was the last queen of the two, two Sicilies, and she was involved in a battle, and they literally, she literally refused to have a flag placed on her lodgings because they offered they offered her a flag so they would miss uh, the, the, her lodgings when they would bomb it, and she was like, nope, just go ahead and fire at me, <laughs> because she she was she was part of she was part of the battle, and and uh, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have any exceptions just for her. Yeah, they're so. pretty amazing stories. So there's loads of those on the site as well. Lots of history as well. And then coming into April, let's have a little look ahead because we all need to look to the future, don't we? Every day, 
seems to last a long time at the moment. But there is there is a future ahead of us and we hope that it will be easier and happier for all of us. And in April, we've got some big royal events coming up and we're going to do quite a few special features, aren't we? Because we were all looking forward, as you said, Brittany, at the beginning of the year, what are we going to look forward to? Queen Margaret's birthday. Well, of course, because <laughs> if anyone's going to do a great big diamond packed birthday party, it's Daisy. That's yeah. all but we're going to have a look at, on the site, aren't we, at some of the most special moments in her eight decades so far. And there are still things to look forward to. <laughs> I know what you're looking forward to. Shall I say it out loud? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> in May, we get a raw baby in Luxembourg. <laughs> a new heir. And that is something to look forward to, isn't it? There's that promise of new life in the future. Guillaume and Stephanie's baby is just weeks away now. It's the end of March. We know her baby is due in May. We don't know exactly when in May. If it's the first baby, it will keep mum and dad waiting a little bit longer anyway. So we might be a couple of months away from meeting um, meeting the future Grand Duchess or Grand Duke of Luxembourg. But there is there is that lovely new life on the horizon. And we're looking forward to celebrating Margaret's birthday. It might not be quite as, you know, news focused as we had expected, but we'll still be looking back at her life. We've got King Philippe of the Belgians. He's turning 60, yeah. probably not wearing quite as many diamonds, but he will be 60 <laughs> in, <laughs> in April. Um, and we know that once, using that phrase that's kind of become so commonplace for all of us recently, when all of this is over, but when yeah. all of this is over, all right, some royal events will fall by the wayside, but others will happen again just in a different way. I've got money on Princess Beatrice actually having an autumn wedding. We know she's meant to get married on May the 29th. It's probably not going to happen, is it? We know she's got to cancel her reception. That was going to be at Buckingham Palace. So I'm I'm looking forward, I hope, to a big sparkly royal wedding about October, November time. Yeah. I hope so for her. I mean, she she deserves to have... A, a nice happy wedding not impacted by the coronavirus not impacted she doesn't need to be punished for the sins of her father I've said that before um, so she does need to have she needs to have her special day um, and obviously having to cancel her reception and everything is gonna it would would put a put a damper on the big day um, and with the limits on how many people that can gather in one place you, you do wonder how how a wedding can go ahead. Um, so, I hope I, you know, it is postponed a little bit. Um, well, right so now, that she can have it happy, happy. Yeah. Happy. I mean, at the moment, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson said in his speech on Monday um, that weddings were cancelled. So no weddings are to take place for the foreseeable future. Now, obviously, we're still two months away from Beatrice's, so we're kind of presuming that that restriction will be lifted. Mm. It may not be. So it, it, it may be a done deal anyway, that as weddings and baptisms cannot take place at the moment, either civil weddings or religious weddings, that she can't get married. We're kind of presuming that she could legally get married. And I guess if your granny's supreme head of the church, <laughs> there's, there's always a way, possibly. But Maybe. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> but... <laughs> not, that, not that they would necessarily want to be seen to be taking advantage of that. And like you say, Brittany, actually, a wedding is, yes, it's commitment between two people. You're you're promising to spend the rest of your life with someone. You're making, you're making a major life choice, but you do it 
as part of a celebration ordinarily, don't you? You want to you want to be with your your family and your friends to mark what is a major moment. And her little sister got got the the wedding of her dreams, and it's only fair that Beatrice gets the wedding of her dreams too. And it yeah. could end up being a focal point. I know we had a piece on the site um, in the last few days talking about whether Beatrice could end up standing in for the Queen should everybody ahead of her in the line of succession um, be affected by coronavirus because obviously George, Charlotte and Louis are too young to exercise any kind of power, as is Archie. But Harry's living overseas. We're not going to see Andrew again. So, you know, really, if Charles and William were to end up not able to exercise their role of councillor of state or for whatever reason, if you go read the article on rawcentral.co.uk, it's very beautifully, but Beatrice could become quite important for a little period of time. But mm-hmm. she is still a fairly, you know, even though she doesn't work, she's a very high profile member of the royal family just because she's the Queen's granddaughter. And the royals here in the UK have had a fantastic track record in providing moments of national unity when we're all feeling a bit down in the dumps. Wouldn't a royal wedding kind of tick that box Mm. after the year we've had? Yeah, a royal wedding or a royal baby always makes for a happy moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure the Queen would be delighted if Beatrice had the baby before the wedding. Yeah, well, (laughs) maybe maybe Eugenie will always bring a great grandchild for the Queen. I think we'd all like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. She seems like she'd be a good mother and Jack would be a good father. So if that's what they want, I, I think we all agree. We hope hope that they are able to to have that. So we have got lots to look forward to. And as we come into the, the summer and the autumn and things changed, I'm sure we will see royal events like the Japanese state visit that's been cancelled. But that may well happen in the autumn because incoming visits usually happen spring and autumn, don't they? So. There are things on the horizon. It's just sometimes a bit more difficult to focus on them when the news is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you have the U.S., um, the Spanish state visit to the U.S. that's just been postponed. So it could be rescheduled once everything gets calmed down. Um, but if you're looking for things to read, just head over to the site. We've got plenty, plenty of articles and recommendations for books and interviews with authors. And I've... Um, our partners at True Royalty are actually offering a 50% discount going on right now. And you get a, also an additional discount for being Royal Central readers. So you can get that on our site as well if you want to sign up. So click on the link on royalcentral.co.uk and that will be opened up to you. And we'll have another podcast soon as well. Probably talking a bit more about COVID-19 because it is going to be with us for a while longer. But yeah. We'll try and do some specials as well, where we just talk about royal things, whether it's <laughs> history or people or Sweden or, you know, <laughs> all those things we love talking about. So yeah. we'll do some specials as well. But in the meantime, we'll say thank you very much for listening today and see you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And stay well. <laughs>